Uh, it's time for the podcast. And you know what that means. A glass of vino, your favorite local beer, or of course, your favorite non-alcoholic bevy consumed ethically. So go on, indulge us. That's right. Leave us a review, share it with your mates, or sign up and just enjoy the no dickhead policy. Sparky Coach, energizing your business to say the least. Excuse me, sir. Is this El Clinico Magnifico? Ah, you saw our bus ad. Okay. No, I think we should probably go tropical with this thing. Uh-huh. Like sand from wall to wall. I know a great sand guy would get at a price. Yeah. Welcome back to the Sparky Coach Podcast. I'm Cam. This is Crowy. We are coming through to you in surround sound if you have surround sound. Coming right at you, coming Dolby right up, yeah. One. Yeah. <laughs> Sonos 10.0. Yeah. Why anyway. use Sonos when you can run cables to it and <laughs> charge for the labor? <laughs> How expensive is speaker cabling? Hey, it's like a precious, precious yeah, commodity. Like, I think it's got gold in it. That's why. It is. Yeah, I knew there was gold in that. So it's tinged. But welcome, welcome back, and thanks for tuning in to another pod. Lesson three. Lesson three of our mini series. Little, I like a mini series. It feels like we've made a Netflix special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit of an in-house documentary. <laughs> Little uh, uh, mini series. So, uh, lesson three. We've gone through people, yeah, uh, clients and staff. People making sure that you know your business. You need staff and clients. That's the lifeblood of your business. Yeah. And you need clients to work for and you need staff to work for the clients. And just to reference this, I'm not sure if we said this in the first two podcasts, but you have to have some element of wanting to grow. Like there has to be some element. Drive. Well, I guess this plays in. We're on numbers at the moment. Back-end numbers, we're going to go first numbers. and then front-end. So yeah. you have to be good with people, be good with numbers, and your product has to be Excellent. I was going to say sick, but like spot on. pretty damn good. Yeah. It's going to be, it's never going to, you're never going to wow anyone with excellence every single job, but fire that should be your goal. Consistency. Yeah, consistency of that. But numbers, um, fire, when we talk numbers, we're talking uh, forecasting your revenue. We're talking Budgets. recognizing <laughs> your hourly rate and like knowing where it needs to sit. And I sit with people all the time on the hourly rate discussion. And, um, and you know, no matter where you're at, you work on an hourly rate. Like I don't care if you're on a price book or whatever, everything gets reverse engineered back to an hourly rate. And that hourly rate might be higher than anticipated due to efficiency or lower than anticipated due to efficiency. Uh, that's, that's the numbers. We're talking hourly rate. We're talking um, forecasting your business journey north. We're talking uh, job costing projects, job costing service and maintenance, every day measured, every job measured. We're talking numbers, right? That's what we're talking. We're talking getting that bill from the ATO and going exactly what I thought. <laughs> we're pow, paid. We have that in our tax bank account. Yeah, exactly. We're talking numbers. And um, and if you're overwhelmed, don't turn us off because this is a really important part of business. This is a really important part of making 2024 simple again, actually recognizing if you're charging properly and then recognizing if you're making money. And I just think no matter what you're doing, um, you can have all the clients, all the staff, your product can be excellent, but let's face it, if the money's not there at the end of the day, or the money is there, but you're working a hundred hours a week, like, oh man, fire out. Like sometimes the people, the money's there, but they're working two or three full-time jobs to maintain that. So it'd take two or three people to replace them. So one and a half tradies and one or one tradie and two admin people. So it's like, well, 
you know, if you're working three full-time jobs for a general electrical business, you'd be making good money too. You're probably making 300 grand there. What's a standard wage-ish, 90 grand for a Sparky? Yeah, I'd say. If you looked like Australia-wide, 45 bucks an hour, 93 grand a year, plus super, plus car, plus petrol, um, all that kind of stuff. So so it's like, where's a $300,000 wage, you know, close enough to it? So if you sometimes you can be earning good money, but you're also just working a lot. And that needs to be talked about too, because it's like not all wages are earned off the same amount of hours. But on the numbers thing, um, what I was saying before, the people have to be in your future with staff and clients, some element of growth. We say this a lot. If you buy yourself, the pros are you buy yourself. uh, There's no mistakes. If you buy yourself, the cons are you buy yourself. <laughs> if you, you get that after hours call out, you get Betty call you. Holiday ya. doesn't look that enticing. What holiday? You don't go on holidays. Oh no, you can on a on a camping trip local, like not too yeah. far. One you can drive back from. Yeah. For so the, about for like 30, 45 minutes. And you might be able to even do the call out and then come back to camping. You know, you might even have a have a stay-at-home vacay. And then you can still manage and service take your clients. Take family to the hotel and in the work truck. <laughs> if you go on camping, hey, take take your laptop and do some invoices and quotes as well. So no, we've all been there and we're not trying to, we're just trying to say like, no matter what you're doing, make sure that you are profitable and, and make sure the staff have to be in your future. You've all met the disgruntled person at the pub saying, there's no money in business. I tried that. I've been there, done that. You don't know what I know. I'm six great Northerns in and, you know, telling you some life advice, let me tell you this. And don't get married. <laughs> <laughs> don't take life advice from anyone drinking Great Northerns. No, Do you no. like a Great Northern? Uh, look, I'm impartial to it. It's not my favourite. Yeah. What's your least favourite beer? Crown Lager. It's horrible. It's my dad's beer of choice. <laughs> yeah, it is, it's, it's pretty just, awful. It's, just, it's break, but yeah, probably. I mean, but we'll, just, we'll still take your sponsorship at Crown Lager. Yeah, if, if, love you. No, it's, we, it's not great. We don't love you, we like you. Uh, num- numbers, numbers, numbers. Oh, yeah, so, so like staff if you do the calculator uh the calculator we caught we built called the estimator which has been translated to the estimator so you can call it the calculator formerly known as the estimator if you do like prince i do like prince everyone likes prince sexy guy sexy songs that's really good um so yeah staff have to be in your future generally speaking you're going to want three trade apprentice teams about that five to six people at least can we just reference to the if you're on your own it's great i thought to my prince no no <laughs> yeah. if you're on your own it's also not great the other thing with being on your own is you have a cap and we've talked about this a couple of weeks yeah. ago you, you hit the ceiling on it so what happens is is you end up in this continual cycle of basically letting people down mm. because you have uh you get really good client relationships and then they talk to their mates and then you get more clients on board. And then what happens, you end up letting down your original clients because you're trying to upkeep your new clients. So I just really want to reference that. And this is around the numbers point of view because I think it's healthy and it should be something on your radar to, well, it's not, I don't think, it's definitely healthy and definitely something that should be on your radar to have growth um, and have a look at having some staff members because this is where I guess the, dream that we all had um the i'm gonna go on my own and i'm gonna have so much spare time and i'm gonna have so much money um that the the i guess stepping stones or the um realization um can can come to fruition um but without having that sort of i guess bit of drive bit of ambition 
Um, look, the, the numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. Yeah, it's too, it's too hard by yourself uh, on many reasons. So the number that you're shouldering the sole cost operations, um, and then it's too hard when you're inefficient. So your cost operations should be between 25 and $35 an hour per head. Um, too high, not good. Too low, not good. Reference too high being um, when you see people when they're producing an hour of site work for an hour of office work, not good right, what went on, what on earth is going on there. Reference too low with the business owner doing volunteering in the office or you having three apprentices and it's the road traders philosophy. Have I told you this philosophy? Go. Remember the road traders? Yeah. It's like, ah, I see you watching me, watching you. It's like the apprentice is watching the apprentice, watching the apprentice, watching you. <laughs> it's yeah. like there's too many, I'd say cooks in the kitchen, but there's too many um, inexperienced so people just around. watching around. And, yeah. you know, if you've got traveling and two apprentice more. teams, it's, it's like applicable one day out of five unless you're a larger company and you've got that like rough in to fit off to unit or whatever that's okay but generally speaking um a tradie more than likely cannot handle two apprentices for, i think it's for, also recognizing the type of work there is type it like of work it's, if, it's, yeah it's, it's there's work that requires a tradie input you, you can't if, travel yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if you've got two apprentices you cannot travel it's got to be same job, full days, consecutive days. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. Just picturing you got to have a milk crate. Yeah, cruising around or like the um, edge protection crews. Everyone knows the edge protection crews, and there's just like three massive dudes sitting in the Isuzu truck, and just like crew, and they're all just like shoulder to shoulder having a chalky milk. I'm genuinely scared of most form workers. I'm going to admit. I remember this one guy. I think I shared this in a way back potty when. I was like, oh, do you reckon you can give us some time on the bottom steel? Like, just to, and he's like, of course, bro, of course, bro. Like, I'm like, sweet. Next day, just putting the top steel down. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I've got a business to run. And I'm just like, whatever you say. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> just cut, cutting my arms up, cutting my hands up. It was hectic. Kilos. If he wasn't 195 kilos, yes, I mean, I'm big, but just not that big. I'd probably take him down, though. So in, in like chess. <laughs> so um, numbers. Or numbers, wise, yeah. Don't yeah. put your head in the sand on it first and foremost, and recognizing that there is a element of falling in love with numbers. I think as you grow and as you develop your business. Um, I know you, Crowy. You love, I love numbers now, um, but there's an element of also not taking the numbers literally. I think so. It's like you've got to be able to see the forest from the trees and. Um, if you look at someone, cause if you looked at it and your cost of ops was too high, you, you could be like, oh, that's a problem. I need to on cost a higher hourly rate. And that's like, that's a lack of education coming through. It's like, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, right? Cause I've got an opinion on it, right? In the fact that you can't just charge ungodly numbers all the time, just as you can't charge ungodly low numbers all the time because say so if you're too low you're going backwards that's really simple if you're too high you become uncompetitive um, and there's a chance that you're probably cycling really really hard getting out lots of quotes and lots of um you know potential clients um pricing but you're not successful your conversion rate is really low because the market the market also has an element of, uh, I guess, a market force, we could call it, so to speak. It, it's, it's like its own room. entity. It's yeah, just, yeah, you yeah. You can't do anything yeah. about it. So like all well and good to be charging as much as you want and, and as high as you can get, but also equally too, 
that there's a market market at play. And the reality is, is that there's a competitiveness to to um, the industry that we're in that you need to be able to compete on, particularly if you have a large number of staff members to keep happy and keep um, in employed, essentially, um, that there's a bit of that at play. And I think one thing to recognize is you talked about maybe your overhead um, is too high um, or not sitting where you want it to be and it's not taking the numbers literally. And there, the there is a sweet spot. There is a sweet yeah. spot, but it could be stage of business mm. that you've just moved into a factory or you've just onboarded an administration person. So there's forces at play that in turn affect your business uh, and what you can charge out. But what it might happen is for a period of time is that you don't need to increase your rate. What you need to do is, is just reduce what your profit's going to be. And you have to take that little bit of a hit as a business for the good of the company moving forward. But equally too, there could be a justification to being like, hey, yeah, we're just going to bump it up. And this is the thing is that there's no real like just, you can't just get the paintbrush out and be like, this is it. What Not one brush can sort of, you know, tar everyone. Yeah. It's a, it's a moving sort of wheel. It's moving. it's its own... I feel like I'm writing the spreadsheets and numbers, as you know, like it, yeah. I, like I, I build it, I'd build it for fun on a Friday night. Like I love it. And I love when people come in and I love hearing their story and how they got to their charge out rate, which is more than likely what my the boss used to charge. Yeah. Or like I cold called someone and said, how much would you charge for the Like, you know, or they just picked a pie in the sky and, uh, they made it more just whatever. I, I love hearing that kind of stuff, and and I also love hearing people's series on why they landed at, at that. But also, I love educating them because you can, when you see it on the spreadsheet, you can you can go, okay, if we if we change that and adapt that and move this and push this, we can achieve this. And we, you got to know your numbers back to front because there's stages of business that you'll be pushing a bit higher in overhead than normal. Maybe it's a growth stage of business where you're training and administration. Like you said, you're moving into a factory. You've got the additional van in the driveway, bits and pieces, and you can carry that for so long, but not too long. And there's so, but if you set your rate off that, you'll lose ninety percent of jobs. And how much can you charge? Like, you know, we'll all agree that the more the better. Mm -hmm. Everyone, everyone would say that. Like, I can sit here and tell you your eight-hour rate is one hundred seventy, one hundred eighty dollars. Uh, for a trade apprentice team and that's the fact like that's I'll, I'll show you the spreadsheet it's a fact can you um be 200 can, can you be 300 bucks if you can sure. great like 100%. that's that's amazing but it's the old coffee theory you know you'll pay 15 bucks for coffee once or twice not the third time so you might be able to raise your rates and pull the wool over people's eyes once or twice but your short-term money attitude might have a long-term client effect yeah so it's like so you want to base it but then so too high when you're carrying too much at a growth stage of business, but too low um, can also be sort of good and bad as well. So it's generally speaking, there's like a $20 range of a cost price trade apprentice team that will fluctuate between. Now, if you've got a larger team and with and you can utilize more apprentices or, you know, two tradies can travel together because we've got that large job in town and they can basically, you know, set up camp there for 12 to 18 months, then, then, then it's Top like, anchor. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, you can actually portion a percentage of your cost of ops to service and maintenance and a small percentage because it's pr pretty low admin, usually those large jobs. They're either one in a one to two week quote or they're one or they're 
cost plus and they're producing one invoice a week. So quite low admin compared to sort of standard service and maintenance. So generally speaking, you, and you might be moving a bulk material through there as well. So you might be able to tighten the reins up there and then, um, and then make the money from your service and maintenance or whatever. But you have to know this back to front. There's a general um, materials move. This is electrical. That's you're making probably eight to $12 an hour off materials. Now, obviously that's electrical, solar and aircons, very, very right. different. Electrical, you move in sort of 70, 80% labor normally spark, uh, aircon, solar, you're moving 70, 80% materials. So obviously you're quoting for both of them. I sit with people on the job me measuring for solar and it's pretty much like, Hey, you cook the hours, but we're way ahead because you had 25% on 15 grand of materials. So it's like, you know, solar, generally speaking, you can get out of a two day job with 12 to 15 grand materials. Mm. So it's a 20 grand invoice for two. That's why you can't go off revenue solely. Or if you do go off revenue, uh, I just feel like it's so immature. <laughs> I, feel, I don't know. I just feel like that as a sole measuring metric is, is to me, it's an indicator without telling it just tells you it tells you nothing like yeah. what like you, what if your progress payment came in like i was talking to someone the other day and they had um they were like they had a goal revenue but they moved subcontract aircon through them and and it's like they might make 400 bucks off a three grand push on to the aircon company and so your so your revenue could be like 40 grand but you've made three thousand dollars like it's it's like so it's, it tells you a little bit without telling you too much but your cost of ops you have to know that back to front you have to know your hourly rate back to front uh in terms of like what you can charge or what price to put in your um your pre-build your price book you have to have a price book you have to know trade apprentice teams trade apprentice apprentice the tata Trade apprentice, trade, which is the same as the trade apprentice, just sounds more glamorous um you have to know trade only you have to know basically um the, be the best example to give, even job costing or quoting, you have to know where you can go to and where you can't go to. So this is one thing I really want to touch on here. I think it's really, really important to know what the ceiling is, which essentially is unlimited. But well, you yes, need to know what yeah. the floor is. And I think this is really important because this comes back to client, right? A client relationship. And I can give a really easy example here is that you may have a client that you do a lot of work for, uh, could be a builder, could be a um, facilities manager. It applies to both scenarios, whether you're doing project work or service and maintenance, and they give you a large volume of work, um, but they've got a particular job that's come in that you've priced and there needs to be a bit of movement on it, right? And so an example could be that you're working in a project sense um, and, the, and the builder comes back to you like, hey mate, um, we've made an error on our end and we've cooked this quote to our client. Um, we've gone back to all of our suppliers, um, which obviously you, all of our trades and be like, hey guys, we're looking for some savings here um, because we've cooked it. We're being open and transparent. And this is where the relationship comes in and have a communication with them and be like, mate, where are you looking? Where do you need to get to? Um, I, need, um, I need the trial line because I need to know where I can move to. Now, here's where it comes in. The arrogant response would be, that's the price, deal with it. Now, the opportunity lost here is that you've now opened the door for another Sparky to come in and potentially get the job and give them a window in to have a look at, hey, what are we doing? So have a think about and look at it and be like, we've got a, we've got a builder, um, they've got six projects, 
um, that are already underway or already moving through. Happy with five of the six of them, no problems at all. On this one here, we just need a bit of a cost movement on there because we cooked our end on it. By knowing your numbers, you know how low you can go while still making some money um, and not going backwards, but also to um, people don't forget that. Um, if it's the type of client who's like every job, I need to pull your pants down, then yeah, that's wrong, like, wrong type of wrong, client. Wrong type of yeah. client. But I'm talking about one that, that you've got this job and then there's four others that yeah, are already existing going relationship. It gives you the opportunity yep. to know that we, we can knock off 10% of this or 15% of this and we're not going to go broke on it. Um, look, not going to retire on it, but also you've got to think of what's happening next year, what's happening the year after, what's the cost of opportunity by being arrogant about it. And this is one thing that I guess I I've been guilty of, I think, and I'm not sure if you've been guilty of it as well, where you're like, oh, no, well, the price is the price. Just, you know, you just have to suck that up. That's not our problem. But we're a team. Um, we're a relationship. It doesn't matter how you look at it, you're working together. So one really, really important thing about knowing your numbers is it gives you the opportunity to keep that relationship alive. And if they're a genuine person and a genuine relationship that you do a lot of work with, they won't forget that. No, for sure. And you would like back to the people we did a couple of weeks ago, you know, you, what would you pay to meet that client, you know, and at the start of the relationship, usually so giving and so generous. And so like anything's possible at the end, you can be like, get stuff, but you have to know your floor and, and to, um, so put it this way, if you're structured, I don't want to say correctly, if you're structured in a certain way, then you can make a lot of money off 90, $95 an hour more than a trade one trade right more than likely your trade rate will land at 105 to 115 on an eight hour day yeah. now as an eight hour day i say that again an eight hour day right yeah but that that brings us to like job costing the importance of how many hours from that job and and i you know you, this is why you got to know everything like i pushed too far on that job uh with a quote we lost that and the potential ramifications extend for the next 10 years or I didn't push enough on that job. Okay, now I've got to have a discussion with the client about raising rates. And because people don't want a 20 grand switchboard upgrade, that the next one you do is very much similar for 28. Like there's got to be some kind of education in that. I was a big believer that you got to just, you know, I'm not going to open my spreadsheet in front of a client's, uh, but I will be super transparent. I'll be like, this is where we can get to, so we can't. And you got to know when to, um, when you've got to back down and you've got to know when you've got to stand up. So I remember sitting with this builder and he was like, oh, I need you to drop this, this price. And it was a 320 grand unit job. And I said, no, like can't do it. I know where every dollar's going. I'm a little bit stressed at that price anyway, or stretched. Um, you got to dramatize it up a little bit, you know, <laughs> like, and, uh, and I said, and, and he I'm called me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I probably was at that point. <laughs> uh, and then he said, um, and he called me back that afternoon and said, contracts in your inbox. So it was like, but I knew the numbers back to front on that job. So, and I, this is job costing 101. So many people think job costing is just for that job they're at. And it is, that's fantastic. But it's also to build your IP, your intellectual property to future proof you. So when you get that quote, that's quite similar in the future, you, you've got a track record of hours. Now job costing, um, how long does that we'll, debt take? Yeah, yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that in the future, into the next one with process, but like job costings as much about hours as quality hours. Like you can't just look at, this is where you've got to see black and white, uh, so, sort of see gray, not black and white all the time. Because if you looked at hours for hours job costing, it's it's wrong because not all tradie hours are created equally. 
Did they need a team, but they were by themselves? Did they stop for three coffees that day? Did they get the, was I disorganized? Yeah, was the job card poorly written? So did, did I have to cut, holes? yeah, did I have to cut holes and finish something to get some cables over because I forgot about them? Was it different to what the There's so much going on. So anyone that preaches just measure your jobs, like just don't, don't, I wouldn't trust that. That's, that's correct, but wrong at the same time. And you've got to be able to see the gray areas. You've got to be able to nail the gray areas. And you've got to be able to know that like, you have to play the hand you dealt, right? If you're playing poker, and you get two aces, you play a certain way. If you get, I mean, I'm not a poker guy, but what's a bad hand in poker? Four and a five, maybe? I don't know. So, yeah. No, that's consecutive. I don't know. Like um, the poker people out there will know, eight. like a two and eight or something that's not like some obscure thing I don't know about in poker. But if you, if, okay, let's <laughs> just say this. Um, I shouldn't have listed any, you know, if, if, you, if you get an ace and a, if you get an ace and a 10, you're, I mean, that's blackjack. But if, if you, actually, is that the same game? It's a different game. Yeah, <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. You confuse me. Uh, if you, I didn't confuse you. You confuse yourself. Okay, okay let's, <laughs> let's start again. We'll nail it this way. If you get dealt a certain hand, you played a certain way. If you dealt a good hand, you play a certain way. A, a, a different hand, you play a different way. And there's bluffing and this and that. And this is where like objection handling and sales and all that kind of stuff can just get politely stuffed. In, in, in my head, and you've got to know your numbers back to front. You've got to be authentic in communicating that. You've got to be confident in how you communicate that. And uh, and sales is just, sales for me is knowing your numbers so well that it will roll off the tongue. The confidence comes out when you're speaking about the switchboard upgrade. You know, you've this is Dr. Seuss philosophy. You're, you're charging uh, so much, but not too much. You know, there is a line where people lose interest. There is a line where people be like, We'll talk to their friends and be, hey, that was a bit much and let's not use that person again. So it's like, you want to be making money? Yes, not saying that. You want to be making money, but you also want to be um, be not putting, putting those pants down, yeah. basically. You, you do that, you're just cooked. Like, so it's, yeah, so you've got to know how much every job costs, how much every day, the quality of those hours. You have to know your cost of ops and where you sit on the spectrum of growth. You have to have some kind of desire for some form of team that I would say at least five or six with an admin person. And that's going to give you a great lifestyle on the, on this front. Some of the best times of my life working wise were, um, you know, Phoenix not sleeping. I was able to take a lot of time and push him down the pram at 10 o'clock, one o'clock, four o'clock, you know, 6am, whatever, because I had a passive income being generated for me by some great clients and some great staff. That, that's where you want to be. Like, so life throws you a curveball um, or not a curveball, you just want a holiday, whatever, that your your business is an asset um, that is generating money for you when you're not there. That's how you know you have a business. Uh, that's Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad 101. So, so it's, um, but yeah, so you got to know your numbers sort of way back to front. Um, yeah, and no, I think just numbers are super important um, to have an understanding around it because it's, gives you the ability to move um, and manipulate the jobs that you have in accordance with the outcomes that you desire. And what I mean by that manipulating is it gives you the ability to be like, look, we don't need just a tradie on this job. We can get away with the tradie apprentice team and you'll see the numbers shift. On another job, you'd be like, no, this is non-negotiable. We have to have two tradies on it because it's a very in-depth technical sort of job and then you can charge accordingly associated with it. But also too, it gives you the ability to have your relationships with your clients and if there is a need to move to help them achieve what their goals are or what their 
like where the goal is to keep that relationship alive, um, people will respect the honesty um, and transparency around it because you can give them an answer straight away and be like, can't go any lower like you referenced with that build. It also gives you the ability to see how you've been in that week in a productivity sense. How many hours have we worked? How many hours have we built out? And what was what did those hours look like as a whole? And if there is a disconnect, what's the disconnect? What's the disconnect? What, what went on? Yeah. And the biggest thing I like about when you're tracking your numbers um, and identifying what what's taken um, and what type of labor was used on it is the most important thing to any business is you've built an IP for it. So the next time you go and do that deck, uh, sorry, you've got to quote that deck for a job, you can look at it in confidence to be like, hey, we did this similar job last year. It took X amount of hours with this X amount of labor. What was the quality of that? Oh, look, they were pretty disorganized on that job. Um, the form workers were behind time, et cetera, et cetera. We had to make, oh yeah, we had to visit it five times just to get that sorted. Um, communicate, mate, it could be a phone call, ring up the same, like the builder, who chances are similar type of job and be like, hey, um, that's non-standard, that type of job, hey. And they'll be like, yeah, it was the time of year, it was Christmas, we couldn't get the labor that was required. Sweet, no worries at all. That IP gives you confidence moving forward to be like, yeah, sweet, X amount of hours are required for that deck and we're gonna be fine with that. Rather than just throwing that dart at the um, dartboard and it just hitting hope. It creates certainty and it establishes guidelines for your business then in turn, what happens, you can pass that on to someone else to do estimating in the future while you're sitting back, sipping pina coladas in Fiji. Oh, yeah. And on the deck work situation, referencing the form workers originally, this is why you can't take hours on a job literally because um, let's say you go, oh, that last deck was 90 hours. And then you go, oh, yeah, but I was working between top and bottom steel because I, the form workers threw me under the bus, right? So so it's like, okay, if I wasn't, I'd probably take off two or three days of that and a couple of stitches from the, from the hospital. Um, but, yeah, so you have to know that stuff back to front. You also, um, you know, you just have to be able to see whenever you see someone charging a high hourly rate, chances are they've governed it off a spreadsheet that is off a like, lower amount of hours, so it's like, okay, so there's a stage of business. I know the general rule of thumb is you work getting paid for 24 out of 40 hours as a sole trader. That's cool. That's not applicable when you've got a moving team of 10 and you're getting 400 hours out. That's, that's like, so we're talking about two different things and you have to know your numbers back to front to know what stage and age of business you're at, to know where your numbers sit, to know where they need to sit, to know where they should sit, to know where they could sit. And, and hourly rate, just referencing back to that as well, like, your hourly rate solely governed off minutes. So if you, you know, you can get to $150 three ways, $150 an hour times one, 150. 100 bucks times 1.5, 150. 50 bucks times three, 150. So just because your hourly rate might sit at a certain point, it's totally referenced and governed off billable hours. So your rate might be low, your, hour, your minutes might be high. Your rate might be high, your minutes might be low. That's why you need to know exactly where you sit, know where you're at, no excuses for this. So we sit with people on um, what we call a strategy session and we offer three packs when you start up to sort of measure this and nail it because once you nail it once, you're educated and now that education builds confidence and now that confidence is everything in communication. So knowledge is confidence. Confidence is absolutely everything. So there's no excuses for not knowing that and don't bury your head in the sand and there is an answer and you might not know it. That's okay, but let us guide you in uh, finding the answer. Get around your numbers. Don't put your head in the sand um, regarding your numbers because knowing them and understanding them 
will help, uh, I guess, set your business on a projection that allows you to be not only, uh, I guess, successful, um, but also allows you to be profitable and making money, but also gives you the ability to be flexible. And what with flexibility allows you exposure to all sorts of clients and the great clients enjoy a little bit of flexibility because often um, the line is never straight. So get around your numbers, know them, um, and it will help you a lot in business. Absolutely. Enjoy. See you soon. Cheers.